Happy game day, everybody. Welcome into it. Game Quest, Florida edition here at VolQuest.com. I'm Eric Kane alongside Grant Ramey, and it's a big one. Um, it's a big football game for Tennessee. The start of SEC play. It's a rivalry game playing at a place. I don't know if you know this, Grant, but Tennessee hasn't won in the Swamp in 20 years. Did you know that? I've heard that. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Tennessee, the stat was they hadn't won since 71. So, yeah, I, I remember those numbers. They, they're easy to remember because they don't have them very often. Well, I'm not old enough to remember that, but I do know that Tennessee has not won in the Swamp for the majority of my lifetime, uh, but an excellent, excellent opportunity to do just that today. 7 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, whether you're listening to this on a Friday night or early Saturday morning, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Saturday night in the Swamp. The game is going to be televised on ESPN. The line at the time of this recording, it opened earlier in the week at 7.5. Um, actually, what was the biggest Tennessee spread that you saw earlier in the week, Grant? I think it was late Saturday night, eight and a half. That okay. was, uh, like middle of the night, Saturday night. It opened at seven and a half, like back in May. So it's been seven and a half for a while. And then it, the biggest I saw was eight and a half, and then it moved to six and a half, like middle of the week. Yeah, I checked in um, Monday morning when I was preparing for the first glance. It was seven and a half. Uh, over under at 57 and a half, which is still where it is now. It's It's gone down to six and a half at the time of this recording. So... Um, that's uh, Tennessee still pretty much a touchdown favorite on the road, almost an extra point as well, uh, heading into this one. But Grant, I want to start us out here before we dive into the keys of the game and, and, and what Florida or Tennessee needs to do to get a win and all that type of stuff. What does this Florida game mean to you? Um, you're a couple years older than me, but like our demo, I feel like this is the big one. I mean, this really is the big one. Whereas our fathers might say Alabama, our grandfathers may say Vanderbilt. Um, this is the big one for, you know, my demo, and I would assume yours as well. Yeah, because it was that early season. It's always been that early season kind of tone setter. Like, you're, if you're, if you're going to do something serious, you better start with a win over Florida in September. Or if you're Florida, you better beat Tennessee in September. Uh, and it's the one that's just been really, really hard for Tennessee to win consistently in uh, for whatever reason. And I think it's, yes, obviously Alabama third Saturday in October, that's the more traditional historical rival. But Spurrier, Fulmer, SEC East, you know, Spurrier being an East Tennessee guy who always loved to pick at Tennessee uh, and just Fulmer trying to get over that hump and, and beating Florida in 98 and going on to win a national championship and the game getting moved to December in 2001 and it's number two versus number four and you're still a 17 and a half point dog and to go in there and win the game the way they did. Um, it's just something about this game. It's always felt like the game, the one you circle on the calendar, the one you're trying to get. Um, for for this generation of Tennessee fans, it at least feels that way. And I think there's also, right now, it feels like, you know, Georgia and Alabama are doing their thing, but Florida's kind of been on your level up and down kind of throughout recent years, and it's still been hard to beat them consistently. So uh, it's just something about this game. It's I, I don't I don't know what it is, but it's a thorn in Tennessee's side because, and Tennessee's fan size because it's been so hard to win consistently. In it. No, it definitely has, and, and what you said um... – if you want to to do anything, you know, accomplish any of your goals on the season, you've got to beat Florida. It's third, fourth game of the year, third or fourth week of the year. It's it's so early. Um, the SEC East was often decided on this game for so right. many different years, and uh, the same could be said. For, the same could be said for this year. Not in terms of the SEC East, but for Tennessee, if you want to accomplish any of your goals this year, losing to Florida will really put you behind the eight ball. Now. You know, getting to Atlanta, of course, you still got Georgia looming on November the 18th, and that's a huge one. But 
Um, this game is so critical and so big for so many reasons. First road game, first SEC game, rivalry game, a place you hadn't won in quite some time. But also the way this game is played, Grant, will give us fans confidence in how Tennessee fares against A&M. Trying to get revenge against South Carolina, on the road at Kentucky, and on the road at Alabama, and of course at home against Georgia. And, and to put that spread into kind of context, Tennessee has been a favorite in Gainesville once in the last 30 years, and it was a one-point favorite in 2015, I think, the 28-27 game they lost. Antonio Callaway on the fourth down, the 63-yard uh, touchdown. Tennessee was a one-point favorite in that game, and they lost by a point. So that's how not only has Tennessee not been favored in Gainesville much in the past three decades, but it's only happened once, and it was by one point, and now they're going in there as a touchdown favorite. And I think with Tennessee fans, they're just waiting to kind of see this Tennessee team be the one that they saw in 2022 or the one they saw at parts of times in 2021, the ultra-explosive offense, the get-off-to-the-fast-start offense, the put teams behind and make teams play catch-up uh, against this offense. And we haven't really seen a Tennessee team in the Hypo era that's really going to lean on their defense. And it's really going to, uh, you know, you're going to notice the run game, I guess, more than the explosiveness of the passing game. Uh, and it was sluggish against Austin P. It was up and down against Virginia. There are a few possessions there were um, like three straight punts or whatever it was there in the first half where they were struggling a little bit. So Tennessee fans are always nervous about this game. It's kind of weird being a six and a half point favorite, but they're also kind of waiting for this team to look like kind of what they expected. Uh, which makes this game really, really interesting. Tennessee, again, has not won in the Swamp since 2003. 20 years. Uh, Tennessee's going down to the Swamp this year as a touchdown favorite. Does anybody in that locker room know um, about the streak? And here's the thing, like, do they care? Absolutely not, they don't care. Because, again, I'm a huge believer, you know, the, the 2015 team has no <laughs> has no relation to the right. 2023 team and, and, and vice versa. Like, it just it doesn't matter. The young guys on this team, you know, the question was asked in media availabilities earlier this week to, to Jacob Warren, and we're going to hear from Jacob here in just a second because I love his answer. Like, do the young guys on the team even know? And he's like, no, probably not, you know? And, and some of the veterans probably don't know either. It's just you don't think about that type of stuff. We do. We make it a talking point. Uh, but I, I do want to play this first from Josh Heupel when ask about the streak of not winning in the Swamp, and he's very dismissive of it. And then Jacob Warren is just pretty candid. He basically says – Guys, in the nicest way possible, we just we just don't care. Give this a listen. Uh, it's a great environment, you know. At the end of the day, in this game, and yesterday has nothing to do with today. The previous game, our previous play, has nothing to do with what's going to happen on the next play. Um, you know, it's it's about you know preparing the right way, practicing the right way, that will lead to you playing the right way. Um, I think it's something that. Um, in the nicest way possible, everyone outside of the building cares about and as talks about and, and thinks is a, is a big deal. I don't think to most of the guys on the team, like you mentioned the younger guys, like whether they really know about it or not, I'm not sure, but um, just one of those things, again, that doesn't really matter, right? When we're on the field, who cares how long it's been, right? Whether it's here or there or whatever, I'm just going out there and just trying to compete and be the best on this day. Obviously, it'd be great to win there for sure after this many years, but... Uh, something that we're not not necessarily worried about. Josh Heupel, Jacob Warren on not winning down in the swamp in quite some time. Who cares? We don't think about it. Only focus about what's coming up. That being said, Grant, which team or which head coach has more pressure entering this football game? We know for so many different reasons 
how big of a game this is for Tennessee. But for Florida, year two with Billy Napier, another rivalry game. They're probably not going to get the other ones. This is probably their best chance when you sit down and think about it, at least in their minds. Um, Billy Napier needs kind of a big win to, to kind of, when you look around and see all these other first and second year head coaches doing a lot of work, he's not going to get fired if he loses this game, but which program is, is this more important for right now? Who's under the most pressure? It's, it's more important for Billy Napier, um, because people are calling him something about Billy and people are saying he's in over his head and all this stuff. And, and if he beats Tennessee, then he kind of make it, maybe takes a step in the right direction. I mean, he went on for in their rivalry games last year, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State, uh, and Georgia, and they lost three straight to end the season. They got kind of blitzed at Vanderbilt. I don't know how that happened. I still don't know how that happened. Got blitzed by Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, They had lost four straight before they beat McNeese uh, on Saturday in Gainesville. So it means more for Billy Napier right now because Josh is coming off an 11-win season. He's kind of still in that honeymoon phase. He's done – two years worth of work to build this program back much more rapidly and quickly than anyone thought heading into this, given the kind of hand that he was dealt and what he inherited when he got here. Now, at the same time, I agree with Heupel that what happened last year doesn't affect this year and all this stuff and what Jacob Warren's saying, but we've also seen however many years worth of this rivalry where there's just something about an orange helmet and a blue jersey on the other side of the field that has tripped Tennessee up for whatever reason. I mean, that same – Florida team that that got kind of ham, ham, handled, sorry, at Vanderbilt, put 500 yards of total offense up at Neyland Stadium, and that was a really crazy game. And I thought Anthony Richardson and that Richardson that offense looked really good in that game. So I don't know. There is something about this rivalry where it's tilted for whatever reason, and it seems like it's hard for Tennessee to get past it. But right now, it feels like the pressure is more on Florida and Billy Napier. We got so much more to get into. If you're listening right now, I have not teased this. I've not done my job the right way, and I'm stupid. Uh, but we have the Gator Killer. He's about to join us here in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Actually, if I could count, probably about five minutes. Um, he's going to join us here soon. That's Jabari Davis. Uh, and I, I want to get his thoughts on on playing Florida, playing down in the swamp and all that. Uh, we're going to have keys to the game. i going to look at Florida's personnel, all that and more coming up to get you set for kickoff. Uh, but Grant, uh, as always, what we do here on game day, we want to give a shout out to to Price Picks and uh, let our, our listeners and our viewers know how they can put some coin in their pocket and take advantage over at Price Picks. All first time users that deposits and use the promo code VQ will get one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. If you deposit one hundred dollars, Price Picks will give you $100 as well. You be a 50, they're going to give you 50. It's up to 100. It's at www.pricepicks.com slash VQ, that promo code VQ. So essentially, they have totals. They have players and stats. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the screen right now. Uh, They have totals. They have stats. All you're going to do is select two to six players, and you're going to pick if they're going to hit the over or the under of the stats given out right there. And thankfully, at the time of this recording, Grant, we have some for Tennessee and Florida. So... The first one we're going to pick is Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback. Passing yards, 254 in the hook. 254 and a half yards passing. Is Joe Milton going to hit over or under that total against Florida? Under. And and let me duck out of the way. Nobody throw anything at me. That doesn't mean it's bad news if he hits the under. It Tennessee sounds like you're really... picking Florida to win and you think everybody's No, sucks. false, false. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have to throw it that much. Tennessee's got 
one of the best running backs in the country in Jalen Wright, one of the best running back rooms in the country with Jalen Wright, Jamari Small, and, and uh, Dylan Sampson. So uh, I think they're going to have to lean heavily on that run game because they're so effective there, and it's going to help the offense, obviously the pass offense, if they can do that. So I'll take under on Joe, but that's not an insult on Joe. <sighs> okay. Um, I will also take under on Joe, and here's why. <laughs> Granted, there's not been a large sample size, but he has never thrown from more, I believe. I believe he's never thrown from more than that total while at Tennessee. Orange Bowl, he was just a hair under that at 251. He did not throw more than that against Vanderbilt. He did not throw more than that against any of the mop-up games. He did not throw more than that, I don't think, against Ball State, and definitely not against Pittsburgh back in 2021. So, again, not a large sample size. But Joe Milton's never thrown more than 254 yards passing uh, in a Tennessee uniform. So for that reason, and a lot of the reasons you pointed out, I'm going to take the less than mark. Let's look at the other side. Graham Mertz for Florida. The total is at 210 and a half passing yards. And Grant, I'll start here. I will go more. And Tennessee fans are like, what? This means you're going to lose. We suck. No. I'm going to go more because I think Florida will be playing from behind. I think Graham Mertz is going to be in position to where they need to put the ball in the air. Um, so far, he's playing better than he has while at Wisconsin. Small sample, Scott, small sample size. McNeese really doesn't count. But my point is he's being accurate with the football at least. Um, maybe he's improved. We'll see. But more than anything, Florida's going to be playing from behind, in my opinion. And they're going to have to put the ball in the air. And... I understand 54 of those yards came off Danico Slaughter just slipping, but I mean, Austin P still threw for more than that total last week. So I'm going to go over, and I know everybody listening right now is just cringing, but I'm going to go over Graham Mertz at 210 and a half. And it's just a much smaller number. I mean, at yes. 210 and a half, I would go Joe over. I would go yes. Joe probably over 220 uh, if the number was somewhere around there. So because it's 210, and yeah. because Tennessee, it's going to be so important for Tennessee to get off to a fast start. Everybody's been talking about it all week. What happens in the first quarter is going to set the tone. If they can get Florida, if they can build a lead on Florida and make Florida play from behind, like you said, and have to play catch-up, then Graham March is going to have to throw it. Now, Florida's got a really good run game, too. I think it's kind of mirrors Tennessee in terms of what they want to do running the football. Uh, but if Tennessee can build a lead, make them play catch-up, Graham March is going to have to throw it. Okay, so in conclusion here for the Tennessee-Florida game, we've got under over here at Price Picks slash VQ. We have under – 254 and a half for Joe Milton. We have over 210 and a half for Graham Mertz, but I believe we both are going to have Tennessee winning. Uh, the picks came out yesterday. Uh, we're recording this before that, but I'm going to have Tennessee winning this football game. I would imagine you are as well. This does not mean that Tennessee is going to lose the football game. You need two to six here to have your little uh, your, your little picks uh, in here at pricepicks.com. So we have two. Let's give one more here for the sake of this read. We got a couple of SEC games we can choose from. Jaden Daniels, Will Rogers, Mississippi State, and LSU. But since we are VolQuest, home of the buffs, let's talk a little <laughs> Shadir Sanders, shall we? Um, uh, 341.5 passing yards, over or under. They're playing uh, Colorado State, and this will be the late game on Saturday. Boy, Prime's got it going over there. Everybody's believing. It's the talk of the town, talk of the nation, really. Is his son going to throw for over 341 yards or under? Over. You could put this number at 441. I think I would still take the over because it's Shador Sanders, because it's Coach Prime, because it's Colorado State, quote-unquote rivalry game. It doesn't feel like much of a rivalry based on what Colorado's done. I, I have no idea what Colorado State's done to date, but I assume it's 
they're not on any level close to Colorado and, and kind of the momentum they're riding right now. So Prime, if you're listening, I'm a believer. Uh, Shador Sanders over 341 and a half, <laughs> smash it. You know, I was going to say, Prime, if you're listening, you're not doing your job well, but wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he listens to stuff like this in market. Yes. Yes, just because he's that type of guy, and then he'll sit at the podium and call out reporters and ask them if they're believing. I will never get over that. I was bitching about that. Sorry. I was complaining about that <laughs> two weeks ago on the way home. Sorry if you got kids in the car. Sorry. Um, I will never get over that. But anyway, I would agree. I, I'll, I'll take the over for Shadir Sanders. I think he's such an incredible talent. I think what they're doing right now is fun and exciting. They've, um, all jokes aside, they truly do believe right now that they're the best team in the world, and they're playing like it, and they're uh, playing a fun and exciting brand, and they're going to have the opportunities. He will have the opportunities to uh, put the ball in the air an awful, awful lot. So I would take the over there. Um, over here at pricepicks.com slash VQ, uh, you're going to get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. If you deposit $100, PricePix is going to give you $100 back, 50 to 50, 25 to 25, Whatever the case may be, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. That's at pricepicks.com slash VQ. Keys of the game. Tennessee at Florida. We kind of been discussing this, um, you know, our, our certain keys, you know, me, you, AP, Brent, Rob, Matt, all sparingly throughout the week. But let, let's get yours right now. If Tennessee is going to win this football game on the road, hostile environments, nationally televised ball game, what does Tennessee need to do to get that victory, Grant? A uh, big surprise. Start fast. I've heard Brent say it this week. I've heard Austin say it this week. Everybody's going to say it this week because it's obvious uh, and because it's the most important thing. Uh, you're on the road. You're trying to take a crowd out of the game to do so. Score some points early. Put the home team behind. Put some doubt in the uh, in the minds of uh, the, the home fans. Uh, and do so by running the football. Do so by taking some shots deep. Some explosive plays, give Joe some confidence, get Jalen Wright going, get Jabari Small going, get Dylan Sampson in the game involved. He wasn't too involved against Austin P. Um, get all those guys involved. So I think if you're going to lean heavily on the run game, do that, but also you got to find a way to have a quick start. You can't do the three straight punts to start the game or go for it on fourth down and fail and, and give Florida the ball on their side of the field and, and give them some momentum. So do whatever you can, however you have to do it, to take the crowd out of your game early, put Florida behind, make them play catch up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You have got to start off on the right foot. You know, we have this debate uh, on the Rocky Top Roundtable, and I think both can be true um, in terms of which is more important, the mid-eights or the first eight this week. Uh, the mid-eight, you always want to win the mid-eight. And because, you know, Tennessee's kind of been very suspect in terms of the passing game so far this year, um, Tennessee's still done a great job in, in the mid-eight. I think the first eight is so important. This offense has got to get off to a good start. Florida wants to run the football, wants to run the football. If it's playing from behind, Graham Mertz is going to be putting the ball through the air and will surpass that 210 mark for sure. Um, so I think getting off to a good start is critical. Also, um, here's kind of a key that I'm looking forward to in this one, and, and I don't think it's been mentioned much. I know by me it hasn't, but really this entire week. Florida's defense, Grant, um, had very kind of parallels where Tennessee was and is. Two veteran safeties. Um, Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean, I believe, were, were the two safeties. They played since they were freshmen. They played every snap. You know, one and two leading tacklers on the team, along with Ventro Miller. Um, they played a whole lot of football. They weren't great. They won't have long NFL careers, but they were good college players. They knew the system and, and, and all that. They were, they were good players on that defense. They're both gone. 
there is a true freshman and a sophomore starting of the two safety positions for Florida. Can Joe Milton use that to his advantage? Can these receivers use that to their advantage? Can they confuse those guys um, in terms of trying to create one-on-one matchups and maybe you know hitting a deep ball you know down the field? I think that's something to look out for in this one. Very young and experienced defensive backs at the safety position for Florida against some veteran receivers for Tennessee that need a good game, Grant. Yeah, and I think you give Josh Heupel the benefit of the doubt because of what you've seen him do his first two years at Tennessee and the way he schemed guys open down the field. I mean, if, if Jalen Hyde can be running open down the field against Alabama as many times as he did last October, you would think he'd be able to do that. Uh, Josh Heupel would be able to scheme that against anybody. Uh, and if you can take advantage of those safeties, we just haven't seen it yet with this team. They haven't just they just haven't taken shots down the field that much. Ramel Keaton was wide open against Virginia. He dropped it. You know, that, that is one of the only shots they've really taken so far through two games. They really played more east and west toward the sidelines against Austin P. And I, I don't think, obviously, they haven't shown everything they have or everything they want to do with this offense. But I think this is the week where you really have to take advantage of that. And it's on – I think it's on Heupel to scheme them open and make it easier on Joe. We saw Joe hit Ramel Keaton uh, in the hands in Virginia. We saw him hit Ramel Keaton wide open against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Joe can make that throw. I think it's on Heupel to get them schemed open and take those shots and take advantage of that situation. Much like Tennessee, and and we'll you know we'll see if Cooper Mays plays. I think that he's going to make the trip. Um, <laughs> I honestly believe it's going to be you know a decision was made you know on Friday or on Saturday at some point. I think if Cooper Mays plays, he won't play every single snap. Um, dude's just got to get back in shape. It's fact of the matter. It's not like he's not been working hard. He's just been recovering. And getting back in football shape and then Tennessee tempo shape. Um, so we'll see. But uh, Josh Heupel wants Cooper Mays back as soon as he can because he's so important. If he doesn't play in this game, I think it's I think he's – I'll call it a lock that he plays against U- U- UTSA next week. But we'll see. Um, but much like Tennessee in that regard, Florida is welcoming back their third-year starter at center. A couple of different shakeups on that offensive line. There's been some injuries. I'm super intrigued to see this Tennessee defensive line get after it. Is this Tennessee defensive line really going to be a good group this year, or are they just feasting on some bad competition? I think Tennessee's defensive line needs to make a statement, needs to help out the back end, needs to put pressure on Graham Mertz and force him into making bad decisions. Against Power 5 opponents, while at Wisconsin, Graham Mertz did not put up good stats. I like to think I'm a better journalist and reporter and personality than I was two years ago. Maybe he's a better quarterback, but back to the matter was against Power 5 competition in the Big Ten, he just wasn't very good. So can Tennessee try to force him into bad spots, making bad decisions with that front line? James Pierce, Omar Norman Lott, uh, Amari Thomas, some of these other guys. Uh, I am so excited to watch that unfold uh, coming up later tonight in this game because I think Tennessee's defensive line is good, and I want to see it against a better competition. It's, it's defensive line. Uh, it's linebackers. It's secondary. It's this entire Tennessee defense having a chance to, to make a statement that this program is more than just scoring a bunch of points and hoping you win a game because of an explosive offense. This offense is not going to be as explosive as they were in 2022. They're not going to lead college football and score 46.1 uh, points per game. So on this stage, in this moment, uh, seven o'clock prime time in the swamp. If that defense can step up and, and pressure Graham Mertz consistently and stop two Florida, two good Florida running backs, and create some turnovers and make life a lot easier on Joe Milton and this offense, 
I think that would make a huge statement for them to say, you know, this this program can play defense too, and, and they got a lot of athletes on that side of the ball, uh, and they can be a really good defensive unit. I mean, just go back and look at Rob's matchup piece from Thursday. Uh, I just I like the way Tennessee stacks up against Florida at every level, and like you can almost go, you know, position by position. And I'm not trying to say Tennessee's, you know, the you know t- the Tom Brady's and the 85 Bears on defense. I'm not saying that, but I just like Tennessee's players as a collection more than I like Florida's right now. Um, I would take, and I understand, you know, people are mad at Joe Milton right now, and that is completely fair. Joe might just be who Joe is. I get it. But wouldn't you still take Joe Milton over Graham Mertz in a heartbeat, in an absolute heartbeat? I like their running backs. I like Tennessee's running backs. Um, I like Tennessee's wide receivers, though. (laughs) They've uh, had a rough start to the season. I like Tennessee's wide receivers better than I like Ricky Pearsall. And, you know, Eugene Wilson the third, Trey Wilson the third, who they say is going to be really good. Hopefully it's not in this game. I like Tennessee's receivers better. I like Tennessee's tight ends better. Um, Offensive line is probably stagnant. They're probably about the same. Defensive line, I like Tennessee's defensive line a lot better. Um, I like Shamir James at linebacker. I think he's a really good player. I like Aaron Beasley at linebacker. And I know Tennessee's secondary a whole lot more than I know that I know Florida's secondary. So, again, I just I, I think that if there's ever a year that you're going to win in the Swamp, it's this year because I think Tennessee's just better, Grant. But can Tennessee get out of Tennessee's way? Um, it was in its way a lot against Austin P and against in its way a lot in big-time games in years past, not so much last year, um, but can Tennessee let Tennessee go play? And I, I think if it does, then Tennessee's going to win today. I mean, Tennessee's a six-and-a-half-point re- uh, favorite for a reason. And people yeah. say it all the time, Vegas builds casinos based on these lines. And Tennessee's been a touchdown favorite in this game for four months. And the game's, the point uh, the point spread has moved two points in that four months. So, obviously, Tennessee's on paper got the better team, the better roster but it's about exercising those demons and it's about going to the swamp and doing something that hadn't been done in 20 years. Now, if they don't win, if they go down there and they fall on their face, the season's not over. You can still be a really good football team. It's just going to be in a different light. So you need to go down there. You need to make a statement that this is going to be a really good football team that can flirt with eight, nine, 10, whatever wins the number is at the end of the year. And and that 11 win wasn't just one year thing. It's something that this program's going to kind of carry on. Jabari, uh, I about said Jabari Small. <laughs> Jabari Davis just texted me. He said he's about five minutes away, so he will be joining the show here in just a second. Until then, uh, let's get a quick injury uh, report. Uh, the big one for Florida is that center expected to be back, uh, much like Cooper Mays, though. He hasn't been practicing a whole lot. You know, how effective can he be? For Tennessee, Grant will see about Cooper. Um, again, I think it's going to be a very much a game-time decision. I think it's one of these – uh, and again, Brent, we've all joked about it this week. Like, you know, hype always says, yo, we'll see how he is at the end of the week, but that's legit the case for this one. <laughs> like we don't know. Um, and, and very well, he could play a little and still get it rotated in with lane with the Ollie lane. So we'll see about Cooper. Um, but I think that'd be huge for him to get back and, and get some work in the swamp uh, coming up later today. How big would that be? Um, and, and, and if he does play and say he's, he's say he plays 70% of Tennessee's offensive snaps, how much does that help Tennessee today? Uh, it helps a ton if he can be Cooper, if Cooper can yeah. be Cooper, if he can help this football, if he's healthy enough to play and it doesn't feel like you're forcing it too much. I think him dressing for Austin P and kind of, I don't know how intense he went through warmups, but just to see him out there, I think it felt like a step forward. Well, I saw him, him standing on the side with his helmet on the ground when they were warming up. So I'm not, I don't know if he did an awful lot. Hey, but. 
he he looked the part though. He had the full pads on. That's the he next did. step. He's like the he's like the kid in Little Giant sleeping with his cleats on. So he's ready to go. Maybe <laughs> that is that is that what we take away from that? But I mean, just the fact that Josh has talked about him being on the practice field the last couple of weeks, and he I think he said Wednesday he was excited about kind of where Cooper is. So if Cooper can help this team, and you're not forcing the issue too much, and you're not rushing him back too quickly, I think it's a huge step for this offensive line. Now, if he gets out there and he can't help you. I think at least you've got two games worth of these are your guys that you're rotating and this is what it looks like. So I think that could help them as well. So I think either way, if Cooper can help you, that's great. If not, fall back on the guys that you've, you've started the season with because I think they've handled the job pretty well at this point. Yeah, Cooper Mays is the big one. Um, Tennessee, again, you know, knock on wood, um, you know, pretty pretty healthy football team. It's unfortunate Keenan Peely is going to you know, be out for the foreseeable future. Um, I think that's – a a late season return, um, and, and of course we'll we'll continue to track it. But I, I know we said multiple weeks, but it's going to be multiple multiple weeks. <laughs> you know he's going to be out a minute, uh, and that sucks, man. Because he, I, I know this is old news, but I mean, he looks so good against Virginia. And, and, and that room, you went from loving that linebacker room to now like kind of holding your breath because you love the way Aaron Beasley's playing. Elijah Herring's, you know, he's he's in there. He's got to grow up and get some reps and all that. He could be great, but he's kind of there right now. Arian Carter very much trying to grow up on the fly, but he's a true freshman. Jeremiah T. Lander was forced to get a ton of snaps last week because he's very much a part of the rotation now. If uh, the offense is moving the football, it's going to be a three-man rotation on defense. If there's a lot of three and outs and, and quick scores and not enough offensive linemen going down with injury on PATs, you're going to see that as a – a four-man rotation, maybe five at linebacker. Um, but how much of a concern is that? And, and like for Aaron Beasley, you love the way he's playing, but Grant, if, if, if something happened to Aaron Beasley, you're you're in big trouble. You ever heard of a future me problem? Like you you tell somebody you're going to do something like two weeks, you're like that's, that's I don't have to worry about that right now. That's a future me problem. Yeah, yeah, that's drunk Eric's problem, not 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 sober Eric. <laughs> exactly. Three hours before. Now, this is the opposite for Tim Banks in this Tennessee defense because in the future, Tennessee is going to benefit greatly from Elijah Herring being pressed into playing time and Aaron Carter having to get more snaps than they probably want and Jeremiah T. Lander having to be in the rotation. They're going to be better down the road. What what it, the problem is right now is the present where you're trying to make it work. And I, I think you saw some promising stuff from those guys against Austin P. And, and you like their future. It's just about how quickly – um, can they grow up and can they, how quickly can they expedite the progress that they need to make? Uh, and, yeah, you better knock on one when you're talking about Aaron Beasley because he's, I think he's the best player on this defense, the most important player on this defense, uh, and nothing can happen to him because you need him uh, really, really badly in the middle of that defense. I mean, Jalen Rod's doing some things, you know, averaging nine yards a carry right now, but Aaron Beasley might be the best player on the football team right now, not just defense. I mean, he's he's playing. I, I get it. It was all, He had a good game against Virginia and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Um, he had a good year last year. I remember the first couple of weeks last year, he was easily leading all the Tennessee linebackers in that kind of three, four-man rotation. Uh, but um, anytime you get – what was it? It was nine tackles, five TFLs, two sacks. Like, are you kidding me? I mean – I don't care who you're playing. Like that's incredible. Um, he, he, he doesn't he really he doesn't really look the part because he looks a little undersized for a linebacker, I guess. But man, when he blitzes, it's like he's shot out of a cannon. It's almost like those little delayed blitzes where he just waits and kind of picks a hole and goes at it. Man, when he goes, he's hundred percent, hundred miles an hour, shot out of a cannon. It's fun to watch. I love watching those sacks that come off delayed blitzes uh, when I go back and watch the tape because like you can. I don't have the all twenty two thing. I don't have a tight version of it, but. You can see the offensive lineman, like his head, his helmet, like looking up, and 
seeing the backer and the backer's not doing anything it's like okay well i'm gonna go help with this three this shade over here and his eyes go somewhere else and then beasley just goes <laughs> and like it just opens up like the red sea or the you know the yeah the red sea um and i think being being undersized and being as athletic as he is allows him to delay the way he does and, and to yeah. kind of get that read and he, then he uses that speed and athletic ability to man he's once he goes he's back there in a hurry he is, he is for sure. So, um, you know, Keenan Peely, Peely obviously not playing, so Aaron Beasley that much more important. Aaron Carter, Jeremiah T. Lander, and, of course, your starter, Elijah Herring. Um, Elijah Simmons still out. We know that. Uh, Christian Charles got banged up. I'd be surprised if he plays in this football game, but, again, he's not really a part of a rotation in the defensive backfield right now. Uh, Jalen McCullough got banged up there towards the end of uh, of Austin P. I don't think it's anything serious, but it's worth noting he missed – uh, the last six, seven. It was that long drive when the at that goal line stand. He missed the last six, seven plays of that of that series. Again, I don't think it's anything big, but worth noting. Tennessee's a pretty healthy football team, and um, you know we'll see exactly how it performs coming up later tonight against Florida. But without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the Gator Killer. Uh, that is Jabari Davis Juice on Twitter, and uh, he's going to join the show here on GameQuest, FallQuest.com. Jabari here from the top, man. I just I want to know, and I know this is probably a question that you've been asked so many times throughout the year, especially on this week, Florida week. But you know, why why did you play so well against Florida? What was it about the Gators and and playing down there as well that just kind of you know had had you a little bit more amped up compared to some other games, maybe? Oh man, just getting the opportunity. Um, I think a lot of the times when we play Florida, you know, Cedric. And um, Gerald and Troy, some of the guys that we had, even Travis Stevens, when he had that remarkable game in 2001, you know, whenever they needed to maximize the power run game and run between the tackles, I was always that guy um, in that situation, goal line situations, power running game, smash mouth, old school type football. You know, I was the guy that they depended on. And um, some of the games that we played in, you know, when we use other backs, for that type of situation, you know, that wasn't their type of style. They were more, in, you know, in space and that type of style. But, you know, when it came with me and back then, man, you know, we needed to pound the rock and needed to get physical. And I was a guy that they depended on. So just very thankful that I'm able to say that I'm three and one versus Florida. And I have two victories under my belt in the swamp. So not too many people can brag and say about, you know, say stuff like that. Jabari, you guys went down there in 2001, and it had been since 71 since Tennessee had won down there, and everybody talked about Phil Fulmer was a guard or offensive lineman the last time Tennessee won in Gainesville. What was different about that team, that group, not only in 01 but 03 as well, outside of just having a power run game and, and being a good football team? What, is there mentality-wise something different about that team that allowed um, you guys to have success? Leadership, man. Some of the great, some of the greatest football players I played with. Some of the greatest leaders I ever played with. I mean, you're talking about guys like John Henderson, Outland Trophy winner. You're talking about Travis Stevens, pound for pound, one of the greatest ever to play at UT. Um, you know, my favorite running back of all time at UT. But just by being around him and seeing him work, seeing all the adversity, and seeing all the things he had to overcome to get that big senior season and being an All-American. Uh, Will Bartholomew, you know, uh, you know, one of our greatest fullbacks that we had when fullbacks were popular, uh, him paving the way for Travis and Jamal and 
uh, Travis Henry back in the day, man, uh, Dante Stallworth, Kelly Washington, Jason Witten, man, so many great guys uh, that were a part of that 98 team and a part of that leadership that they had when Big Al was here and, uh, you know, some of the other legends, you know, even, you know, guys that played with Peyton. You know, a lot of those guys come from that foundation, and uh, that's the reason we were so successful because they were taught how to lead from – you know, some of the greatest of all time they put on a uniform and it just leaked into us. Jabari, what's this game mean? Uh, obviously, it means a, a lot to you. It means a lot to Tennessee fans. But I mean, you, you got Alabama, you got Vanderbilt. You got a lot of big time games on the schedule. But Florida, you know, since 92 has been such a huge, huge game. What's this game mean to you and to some, uh, to some of your other players you play with? Florida determines our destiny of where we want to be um, at the end of the year. And Coach Former always preached about, you know, our number one goal is to get to Atlanta and to get to the SEC championship. Once we get to the SEC championship and win the championship, everything else will fall in line like we need it to fall in line. And Florida has always been in the way um, so we can represent the East, you know, and that game, you know, usually who, whoever wins that game gets that momentum and gets that swagger and that confidence um, throughout going into October. And, you know, you become the guy, the dog, the elite team that's in the way. And if you can beat Florida, it gives you all the confidence to, you know, go down to Athens and beat Georgia or even if they come here to beat us. And, you know, the confidence to finish strong throughout the season and to uh, destroy Vanderbilt. I know you mentioned Vanderbilt, but, you know, back then Vanderbilt wasn't even looked at as a real opponent. That was a stat game. But it just gave you that confidence and, um, you know, your offseason, all the hard work that you put in, it really showed the big payoff in return. Um, I said this last night on the podcast and some of the other stuff uh, that I've been doing this, this past week, talking to media about, you know, we start preparing for Florida in January, you know, so all the extra laps that we run in off season, all the extra weight that we bench, um, all the extra film that we watch to try to get a next level uh, insight on our opponent, you all do it for that Florida game. There used to be a famous stat with this game. I think it was like 20-something years in a row. Whoever ran the ball for more yards won the football game. I don't know if that stat still exists, but this Tennessee team averaged, I think, 199 on the ground last year. I think they're averaging 257 right now. How much different is it going on the road knowing that you have a running game that you can lean on and depend on um, in a hostile environment to kind of steady you and, and get you going? I mean, as a running back, I mean, you want the ball in your hands. Um, you know, you want to be the difference maker in that in that big game and you know as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach you know you got to feel confident knowing that your backs have been putting up big numbers you have a great stable of running backs and that you don't come to this game with just one guy that you have to depend on because because we know that game is going to be physical you know it's going to be a lot of late hits it's going to be a lot of uh pushing and shoving and 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 penalties flying around because guys are so amped up. But knowing that you have three really good running backs that could break loose at any moment, that can catch the football out of the backfield, that you can line up anywhere and be successful, 
really increases your chances of getting a victory. So I'm excited to see which running back is going to uh, take, you know, advantage of a big opportunity to be that guy. And um, over the last couple games, uh, Jalen Wright has, has really proved that he has stepped up and he's ready to carry the load. Um, but, I mean, you look at Samson. You know, Samson has reminded me a lot of, you know, some 2016 Kamara uh, flashes in his game as well. And, you know, with Jabari Small, he's a total package. I know he's been banged up a little bit with some things. But if we can get all those guys, man, to have a great game and just compliment one another and make sure we win in short yard situations, win on the goal line. Because like I said before, this week, this game, we have to score points. You know, you got to win on third downs. Uh, you know, you got to set yourself up for success on first down so you can have a short field to work with on third down. And you got to strike early and you got to strike fast. The biggest thing to do in that type of hostile environment when you're playing on the road is to shut them up. Because a lot of these guys that have never played in that environment, man, you know, it is easy to get caught up in all the hype and to look at, you know, all those people yelling and screaming and booing. But if you strike first and if you score, um, you know, it just becomes another stadium. You know, so that's 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 the key. Strike first, strike early, shut those Gator fans up, shut down that Gator chump. And every time we get an opportunity, you punch them in the mouth and you get off the field and keep your offense in a position to stay on the field so we can score points. Jabari, you kind of broke down Tennessee's running back room, and that's where I was going to go next um, about Jabari Small averaging over six yards a carry and how he's been good. Dylan Sampson, uh, four touchdowns in week one and how he's emerging. But specifically Jalen Wright, who is clearly – I mean, it's, they're going to use those guys, but he is he is the lead back now. How has he gotten better the three years he's been here that you've watched him? I know he's put on some weight. And yeah, man. Well, <laughs> uh, they actually all came and worked one of my football camps and. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how solid and cut Jaden Wright was, and I thought he was just a little dude. But, uh, man, he's very solid. So I, I definitely – you know, he probably got a lot stronger in all season. In the weight room, I was looking at some of the pictures. You know, he's not a, a big, big guy like we used to have, but the guy runs like he's 230 pounds. Yeah. You know, he's a scat back type, but he can pound the rock, man. He go, he's going to lower his shoulder and try to run over some people. But I definitely see uh, he improved in his power. He improved in his lower body. Um, he looks a lot quicker. He just looks like a guy that's possessed, man. And uh, I saw his comment that he had at the podium not too long ago after the game. He said that this running back group could be, you know, the best in the country. And, you know, when you start saying stuff like that, you know, you got to back it up. And one thing that he's doing is backing it up. And I want to see him put on an absolute show this weekend. Jamar Tennessee was a four-touchdown favorite against Virginia. I think they were like a 42-point favorite against Austin P. How hard can it be for players to not get caught looking ahead to Florida? You, you talked about preparing in January for Florida. How hard is it for players to put a good product on the field while also kind of keeping your eyes down the road on, on, on this game, circling it kind of a little bit? I say it's harder now because we didn't have social media. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, man, you know, you were lucky to get a, you know, you'll get a couple of death threats in your Yahoo account, you know. <laughs> it's not funny, but. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't. They used to send me stuff all the time. They was gonna shoot me. Jeez. They was gonna uh, hit me with a car. Do all this type of crazy stuff, man. And uh, I remember two thousand and one. Somebody had some frozen oranges, and they was throwing them at the bus, and you know they brought them to the game. You know, so I say back then it was worse, but people didn't have social media. But just got to stay locked in on your assignments, man. Put your phone down. Get off social media this week. Pour all your heart and soul into watching film and getting better at practice. You know, practice your butt off this week. Don't worry about the outside noise. You know, even if I was playing, you know, I wouldn't even really do too many interviews. Uh, right now, I wouldn't want to leak out no information or say anything. Hey, you guys are welcome to talk to me after the game, but I'm 100% focused on my assignments and getting a victory down in the swamp. So don't don't worry about all of that stuff. If I was a head coach, I would lay, I would tell guys, hey, lay off social media this this week, man, and let's focus. Jabari, you're going to be a busy man. You're going to be at the game. You're going to be down in the swamp. Of course, you're not going to miss that one because uh, <laughs> you had so many memorable experiences down there. Hopefully, this one will be as well. But you're partnering with the Hoskins. You're going to have the tailgate. You're going to be selling some T-shirts, cigars. Um, you've got food. I mean, tell us everything that's going on and, and where we can come by and see you and, and check out what you got going on down there. Well, you know, it's always a big moment when you go down to game. Well, I haven't been to Gainesville since really the, the 20-year victory. So I wanted to go down. I wanted to bring my family down so they can experience what it's like in that atmosphere. We're actually headed down uh, tomorrow to, uh, you know, start the weekend off right. So that Saturday morning from uh, 2 to 3, I will be with the UTK alumni uh, hosting an event with them. It's a big tailgate. It's a big tailgate that they do. You can find information on that if you just Google UTK alumni. Florida game tailgate. You can see where the location is. Uh, then from three to six, I'll be at the Hopkins tailgate. Uh, I'll be selling cigars, Gator Killer shirts, other different apparel shirts that we have with our Legends of Tennessee organization. Uh, we'll have a open bar. We'll have food. Just something just where all the uh, VFLs can connect. You know, a lot of times when you go to these away games, you don't, you know, you want to find out where your people are. Yeah. You know, because you're already outnumbered. And especially in Florida, when you only have about 10 people out of the 70, 80,000 that really can, you know, really respect you and just want to give you a good conversation and talk ball, the other people, they want to, you know, they're ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just wanted to just do something for the fan base where we can all hang out, socialize, have a good time. Um, you know, I want to raise some money for my charity in my organization so all proceeds that we'll be doing with me goes to the legends of tennessee organization and the other stuff will go toward hoskin tailgate and a lot of the uh volunteer club people will be attending as well because we partnered with them mm -hmm. and we partnered with hoskins tailgate so it's three charities involved and all proceeds go to that and for you know i will post a flyer on my twitter page and facebook i posted some yesterday so if you follow me at Jabari Davis underscore VFL, you'll find the location, date, the time, and the person to contact if you got any questions. Jabari, man, I know you're a busy guy any day of the week, especially Florida week. I know you're uh, getting preparations to head down to Gainesville and put all this on, but 
Uh, could not uh, say goodbye to you without getting a prediction, man. Tell me, tell me what's going to happen. Fortune teller, go in that crystal ball. Who's going to shine? What's that score going to be? And if if the last time you've been down to Gainesville was a victory, is it going to be the same this time? I'm gonna go ahead and say, man, we break the 20 year curse. Yeah, we're going to be lighting up cigars in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I'm gonna put a cigar in the Tim Tebow statue's mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put a Tennessee hat on him, and I think we're gonna win about 28, to about 14 to 17. So I think we cover the spread, and we'll be we'll be hanging out, celebrating, having a great time Saturday night. Go Jabari. find him, Jabari Davis. He'll be at his tailgate, Jabari. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us here on the uh, the Game Quest podcast. Man, I appreciate it, man. I'll see y'all. Y'all are going down, right? Yeah, we'll be down there. Yeah, man. If I run into y'all, if y'all got any time to kill before the, you know, you know, before y'all go to the stadium and start setting up, getting ready to cover the game, man, come to that tailgate, come hang out with us. Absolutely, I'll be with Austin Price, so he'll be uh, shaking hands and kissing babies, but we'll we'll try okay. to make our way there. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all be safe on the road. Go All right, ball. brother. You too. Thanks, Thanks Jabari. Jabari. All right, later. Uh, that is Jabari Davis. That was good, man. I'm uh, I'm glad that. Uh, I know he's got a bunch of different media obligations this week, but I'm glad he made some time for us. Uh, just basically saying, Grant, how much this Florida game means. And it's kind of what you were saying earlier. I mean, this is this game sets the the table for the season. And if you want to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish, you got to get through Florida. What I, what, I, what I took away from that is Jabari hadn't been there since 03. He won there in 01. He won there in 03. If Tennessee wins in 2023, he better be on the charter to Gainesville every year that he's willing to travel and make the trip to Gainesville. Because, He'll be the mayor of Gainesville. Yeah, that would be something. I mean, for him to say that Tennessee starts preparing for this game in January is kind of eye-opening and yeah. kind of makes you kind of put into perspective what what, what what we're talking about, what this what this game should mean and does mean to Tennessee fans, should mean to Tennessee players and coaches. It's a, it's a big one. It's the tone setter. It's going to be a big one. That is for sure. Grants, you and I had our predictions out. It was up on the website. Uh, Friday afternoon, I'm picking Tennessee to win. Uh, you are picking Tennessee to win, and uh, we'll see what happens down in Gainesville. It should be a great one. And, um, of course, we're going to have all the coverage all throughout the game, pregame all day Saturday, during the game, Saturday night, Sunday, all that at VolQuest.com. And we have an awesome deal going on, and it's not going to last much longer after the game. So if you're listening to this, Grant, um, great deal to join us at VolQuest.com right now. Feed my family, remember. Was that last week or two weeks ago? That feed was two weeks ago. We got to feed Grant's family. It's, it's still it's my kids. My kids go to bed hungry. Feed my family. Come on. One dollar one month or fifty percent off your first year annual annual subscription at VolQuest.com. He's Grant Ramey. I'm Eric Kane. Tennessee at Florida tonight, seven o'clock Eastern Time. ESPN. The Volunteers six and a half point favorites. That total at fifty seven and a half. Will it be the first win in twenty years at Ben Hill Griffith Stadium down in the swamp? We will find out, and we'll talk about it all. React to it all. Talk to you guys all at ballquest.com.